Hello and welcome to the 20th episode of Mega Ten Marathon. This is a game-by-game -game journey through the Shin Megami Tensei and Persona games. I'm Paul M. Davis and my co-hosts are... It's Brian. Hi, guys. Hey, and it's Evan. <laughs> Does anyone actually have their PS4 set up to, to see the story beats? Nope. Uh, I got it going. Okay, cool, because I have everything packed away. I'm stressed as fuck. I'm in the middle of moving, everybody. And I just finished moving, and I'm unpacking, and I'm stressed as fuck. <laughs> and I'm going to be moving in a couple weeks, so... Yay! For us all. Hooray! <laughs> yes. We thought Persona 5 would be easy and breezy, and we could record all these episodes <laughs> at once and get it done. Oh, yeah. Life never lets that happen. Nope. Uh, so just to recap real quick, um, uh, last week we covered the second heist, Madarame. Uh, Madarame's pupil, Yusuke Kitagawa, joined the team. Uh, he was being abused by Madarame, who was stealing his pupil's artwork. Uh, he thought of his pupils as his possessions, and um, you raided his his palace, which was this weird, gaudy, golden art show, uh, stole his most prized possession, um, the Sayuri, and uh, yeah, he turned himself in. He public publicly admitted that he stole everything. And the real Sayuri was hung and left in your uncle's coffee shop. Uh, so, or the real Sayuri that you stole from Madarame's heart, at least, was hung in uh, the uncle's coffee shop. And uh, we're kind of left uh, in a little bit of a gulch between uh, one dungeon and the next right now. Mm-hmm. Just going to school, hanging out, figuring out what's going on. Uh, the um, student council president... Is working for the uh, school principal and trying to figure out what the deal with you is. What's going on? He keeps being a total dirtbag. Yeah, he's, he's you know like most most adults in this game. He's a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> let's see, what else is going on? Um, There's going to be a social studies trip in a few days. Oh We're yeah, go see a TV studio. I know. It's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to have a good time. I guess we're going to go see a taping of a show. Uh, it's going to be an eventful, eventful time. And <laughs> um, yeah, the, but it's, a lot the, of, it's a lot. This section is a lot of Makoto uh, talking to uh, the principal of Shujin Academy. Basically, there's a conspiracy. There starts to be, at this point, a lot of conspiracy th scenes where it's like, oh, the principal's getting orders from somebody. Oh, the head of this organization is getting orders from somebody. This person's getting orders from somebody. There's and everyone's getting orders from everybody. So a lot of conspiracy scenes. And uh, Makoto is starting to question why she's even investigating you guys in the first place. Indeed. Um, yeah, and you're just kind of doing your thing. Uh, you're hanging out with your uh, your uh, new buddies, Ryuji. Um, and uh on your uh what are you doing you're going to the bathhouse <laughs> yeah there's actually one cool scene that happens uh, right at the beginning of the so uh, we're covering june by the way uh this month uh june and the um the uh, third dungeon and one cool thing that happens kind of cool kind of weird happens toward the beginning of june is um uh mishima and ryuji decide that you are going to join them and order a uh a shady maid service, a pay-by-the-hour maid service to come oh, and Lord. visit you in an abandoned apartment building below Ryuji's apartment. Um, it's kind of weird. Uh, Mishima sees like a sexy ad for a sexy nurse. And um, this might seem like a total nothing, but it actually ends up being a pretty significant social link that we'll cover a little bit later. Yeah, well, you know what sucks about this scene is that they play it off like... Uh, Mishima and Ryuji try to play it off like you, like it was all your idea. But it's like, man, I there was never an option for me to say, guys, this is weird. Why are we doing this? Like, what do we yep. have to gain by ordering a maid <laughs> together? Are we gonna like jack it in the corner, take turns behind the wall? Like, I just don't understand. Like, they don't even do it in their own apartment, so they're not getting like actual maid service out of it. They borrow yeah. Ryuji's neighbor's apartment or something like that? Yeah, it's weird. And you will eventually get actual maid service out of it, and that's not a euphemism. <laughs> um. But then it does become a euphemism. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a little bit weird. It is weird. Yeah, it's, it's very the, strange. I'd say this is uh, Persona 5's equivalent to um, Nurse That's Too Pushy. Yeah. Or uh, who's who's that, who's that douchebag in 3? Uh, Ken, who wants to... Uh, or what, Kenji? What What's his name? The dude who's... Uh, the gross creepy trying, guy? Yeah, the guy who's trying to get uh, tips on how to seduce his teacher. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Been a long time. Yeah. So, yeah, um... So that, uh, just to cover the start of it, the, uh, that maid you end up calling, you know, she has kind of a familiar voice, but you can't quite place it, and then she suddenly realizes that you recognize her. Me, as a player, I was, I did not, I didn't figure it out in time, but it's your homeroom teacher. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Sudeo Kawakami. And I believe that's the, the, uh, strength confidant, if I remember correctly? Uh, temperance. Mm -hmm. Temperance, there we go. And she becomes pretty useful. Um, basically, uh, we won't go into the full social link this episode, but um, she kind of tells you, like, look, don't be weird. Here's the number if you want to call me again, more or less. Mm-hmm. And so you get your weird side quest where um, you call your homeroom teacher to come give you private maid services at your weird coffee uncle's attic. So yep. no, nothing shady happening in this town. Um, I think that's the big uh, non-party social link that you pick up this month. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm looking down the list oh. to see if there's anything else that happens. Uh, this yeah, is the I month think that's where, I think this is the month where I started with the Shoju player, uh, but I'm not sure if you can get her earlier or not. Because uh, um, you get the rumor about her back in May. You can't right. get her uh, any so earlier. We might as well just click on that real, class, real fast. Uh, there's a Shoju player. Uh, she's great to have for your confidant link. Her first confidant rank drastically changes battle tactics already. Um, and oh, she, she real quick, go by ahead. Show, I meant to say shoji. So, shoju is a type of alcohol. It's a yes. shogi player. Shogi. Sorry, yes. I misspoke. Um, shogi player, and she um, she requires charm to talk to. I think you need three or four charm to even uh, get past the initial hello to her. So you better be spending some time in the bathhouse with the old guys. But if you get her first confidant rank, which is pretty much required, it allows you to switch out party members on the fly, but only on the main character's turn. Yeah, it's a pretty yep. awesome ability. She's also pretty awesome. So it, yeah, and you can find her at the church. So if, if y'all are playing along and you haven't picked her up yet, uh, check out the church in your map. She is definitely worth getting. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. About more about her later. The big joke about her, though, is that she plays Shoji like it's a Yu-Gi-Oh game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't get to that. That's great. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm guessing like it's on the next. Basically, when you see her play, it's just she narrates. It's great. Anyway, yeah, and it's it's always like you know some like you know overwrought like anime like battle metaphor that she's using. <laughs> see, I can appreciate that because I've been known to enjoy multiple animes about and mangas about uh, uh, mahjong. So that sounds up my alley. Oh yeah, it's it's a great joke. Anyway, yeah. So uh, you go to the TV studio. That's the big like event for this month. Is you go to the TV studio, and you come across um, a young man named Goro Akechi. He's a uh, he is the second boy prince detective. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's you know Conan Japan. I don't really understand Conan and his legacy in Japan, but my understanding is he's very important. Yes, and uh, I think uh, you know it's uh, it's our duty to uh, mention that uh, Akechi is Bay. <laughs> According to the commenters on the uh, on the fan site, yeah, Akechi is a very handsome young man. He is. He becomes basically a public antagonist of the Phantom Thieves. He doesn't necessarily condemn them morally, but he does say that what they're doing is illegal and should not be done. Mm-hmm. And the well, a lot of the the next stretches of the game are going to be like public, like, pushes and pulls between who agrees with you more or gets you more. Right. And you will you will see that that uh, debate kind of, like, you know, um, on the uh, fan site comments. 
it's kind of neat too because this whole scene um everybody is kind of eating up they're either eating up everything that akechi's saying or like ryuji he's freaking out he's pissed in the audience but um your character like they basically call out to the audience and want a rebuttal and your character has the option of giving a pretty well-reasoned defense uh of the um phantom thieves that kind of attacks what uh what akechi is saying and he's like huh yeah, I really appreciate someone engaging me like this uh, on an intellectual level. Most people don't do that. And then throughout the rest of the month, uh, as you're just going to school, you'll run into him on the Shibuya Station platform, and he'll just, like, ask you more questions about what you think about the Phantom Thieves. Like, by the end of the month, I really liked him a lot, even though he's setting himself... Even though the game is kind of setting him up as an antagonist at this point, it's worth clarifying that, like, he's a very likable antagonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's, you know, he's, he's like a really well-rounded character character and he's, um, really likable. He also has a really, uh, bizarre, um, suitcase that has like halfway of an anarchy symbol on it. I, <laughs> and that is never addressed in the game. And I don't really know, um, why it's there, especially because SMT uses, uh, an anarchy symbol. Or, you know, kind of like a variation of an anarchy symbol, but it seems to have nothing to do with his character or, or the role his character plays. Yeah, I do. I have no interpretation on those facts. I don't know what's up with that. Yeah. Um. So, so our target this month, uh, we decide, you know, after, you know, taking down, uh, taking down um, Matarame, was it? Yeah. After taking down Matarame, we need a bigger target. Somebody who's, you know, the good of which will penetrate through people's hearts and make them know the truth of our cause. So we find out there has been this guy who's been exploiting people for money on the streets of, uh, is it Shibuya? Shit, man. Yeah, it's Shibuya. Yeah, it's Shibuya. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I haven't played this game in almost a month now. What the fuck? (laughs) Oh, and we're not just trying to win people's hearts. Um, so after the scene that Paul mentioned earlier where the principal was kind of chewing out Makoto uh, and saying, like, you need to bring the Phantom Thieves in, uh, Makoto tries to complain about this exact thing, about somebody harassing students, and he's like, what? Well, you're going to deal with that too because stopping dangerous mafia criminals is also the job of the student prince, uh, president. <laughs> and uh, and so sh- she basically confronts you and says, hey, you're the I know you're the Thieves, f- right? Yeah, it's like, I know you're the Phantom Thieves, and basically she caught uh, Ryuji bragging very loudly about being the Phantom Thieves to Anne Mm -hmm. on a voice message. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a great reveal where she just keeps pointing out more and more evidence, and in the dialogue trees, there's no way, you don't really have a chance to confirm, you just can, like, there are different ways you can try talking your way out of it, and every single time her next thing directly contradicts whatever you said. So so far, my favorite part of that whole scene is when she first confronts you with that audio evidence. She's like, well, and then she asks you, like, well, what do you have to say for yourself? Can you Phantom Thieves really, you know, really, really say that what you're doing is just and one of your dialogue options? And this is keeping consistent with one dialogue option of being your character as this, like, stone cold criminal. You can say it's like, well, I only hear, like, why don't you ask the two culprits? I wasn't on that tape. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she's, she's got you. Yeah, she's got she's got you dead to rights, and um, basically you lead her back to your secret hideout, and she tells you it's like, hey, there's this mafia boss that's exploiting students. Take down him as your next target, and you try grilling her for information, and she just gives you nothing. She's like, oh, I didn't know we need so much detail for the target. Um, um, yeah, let's 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 find him. Yeah, so this is maybe my least favorite investigation in the game. Mainly because it decides to do... it. Okay, it tries to give you an actual task of finding somebody this time. But mm-hmm. I just... The, the actual location where the triggers were to continue the story, I found a bit frustrating to find. Yeah, it basically involved you running up and down the main street in Shibuya, trying to find the right people to talk to. And kind of everybody has something to say about this. And then there's a that... section where you have to go, like, underground in the subway station to, to talk to a few homeless people. Right. That was the one that really tripped me up. So and I'm... you will, you know, even once you uh, get fast travel, basically, you will never go into the subway stations again. Um 
or at least in my experience, that was the case. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there is the only reason really is to because that's the only location where you can get a part time job because there's the part time job magazines right at the front. Right. Um, because I, I don't believe that option's available at any other place. Yeah, I don't want to say I, you see uh, Yusuke in there a couple of times, just kind of standing around underground. Yeah, th- that's uh, where you that. find Yusuke on his days, on the days where he's available. Um, uh, so, so I, I and I didn't, I didn't want anything just... to do with Yusuke, so you know, I uh, did not bother looking for him. <laughs> Man, Paul, you missed out on a good social link. That's what everybody says. I know. I, I know. didn't I just, like him at first found, either. He redeemed I found him himself. Irritating. He mm, redeems himself right. so good, man. He's all a right. he is a really funny, weird dude. I do like that uh he repeatedly asks you to take your clothes off. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the closest I'm sorry, you will Evan, get you said you to looked out? Yeah, I looked out because I've been talking to that homeless guy for a while now because I figured, like, huh, that seems weird that there's this one guy I can talk to just kind of, like, in the corner here. I figured uh, he'd be plot significant at some point because maybe it's because I've been playing a lot of Yakuza and, like, anyone that looks like a homeless vagrant is actually, like, a secret Yakuza agent who's super powerful. And <laughs> that that's how the logic of that game works. So, yeah, as, as yeah. soon as they're like, hey, ask for, ask for clues, like, I immediately thought of this guy and went straight down there. Evan, have you finished Yakuza 0 yet? Sort of. <laughs> we, 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 I, I see I'm, I'm doing that thing i always do at the end of a yakuza game which is where it's like okay i gotta get into this one car and then it triggers the end game the very end sequence but i want to finish some of the side stuff first so i'm trying <laughs> to get uh, the real estate and the hostess club stuff done before i do that because <laughs> all those all those side quests have such really really good stuff to them but you can only access them by playing this it's it's a fun mini game but this very very long mini game sure i so. just Man, I want to play. I really want to play one, but I'm I'm just gotta wait for that remake, and that's four months away. <laughs> I really want to really want to play Zero, but it had the poor timing of coming out before a bunch of other games that I want to play more or have wanted to play more. So, dude, there's too many games right now. Prey just came out. I don't even know, know. when I'm gonna find time for Prey. I'm installing Prey right now. Dang, tell me how good it is. I know it's really good. And yeah, I'm still, I'm, after Waypoint oh, talked about it, uh, so this we're recording this on a uh, Tuesday. After Waypoint talked about it all day yesterday on their uh, podcast, I was like, uh, you got me. So that's what I'll be doing as soon as we're done recording. No, nah, man, I was sold as soon as I saw the talent on that game. I just can't afford a 60 buck launch, launch price, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of in the, uh, same, uh, in the same realm, so I am, like, should be at the end game of Breath of the Wild, but I am just, like trying to unlock every like secret and every hidden shrine that I possibly can in that game because I know after that uh money's going to be tight and I won't have another big game like that to play <laughs> for a while. So, oh yeah, me too. Like I'm I haven't even done a dungeon yet in Breath of the Wild. Like but so it's kind of good that I have so many games piling up right now because um without getting like too personal, like money's going to be tight over the summer as well. So yeah, like having all these games to just kind of finally dive into when I'm too broke to buy more. That's going to be great. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, how, it's how nature balances itself out. Uh, I just wish they were all on Switch because I love my Switch so much. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. So, so anyway. So Makoto, uh, you get all this information from all these people. Makoto, you get a name of a guy. And Makoto's with you. And Makoto tries to like intimidate him and it or no way what's the how exactly did you phrase it she just wants to go to him she finds a guy on the street she knows he works for kanashiro and she wants to get to kanashiro what exactly does she say to him to get him to agree she basically walks up and says like hey take me to your boss i know what you're doing oh and he just he was just like okay sure whatever you want because he knows what's going to happen next yeah, because there, there's a couple of different guys that – I think what happens is, like, she walks up to him and tries to get him to spill the beans, acts like she knows more than she does, and tries to get him to reveal additional information. And he kind of walks away and then comes back with more goons and a car and forces her in a car. And so Makoto brings the gang to Kanashiro's pal- – uh, to Kanashiro's not palace, his, like, villain lair in, a, in the upstairs <laughs> club, like in any, any bad mafia movie you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. If you love uh, Yakuza games, then um, yeah, here you go. Incidentally, 
playing this kind of concurrently with Yakuza, like, Kaneshiro is the least believable, like, so, the, the area where Kaneshiro is in is, um, it's Shinjuku, I think, and I'm pretty sure it's meant to be the same exact neighborhood that uh, Yakuza takes place, because uh, <laughs> Yakuza takes place in a fictional area called uh, Kamuch- uh, Kamuchiro, I think is, is what, uh, Kamu- yeah, anyway. I forget where the emphasis is, but it's that. And it's based on a real area with a very similar name. And it's, like, block for block identical. And this is that. And so, like, I'm, th- I'm thinking, like, oh, okay, yeah, all those 80s just real awesome, sleazy, dirtbag Yakuza guys with the real husky voices rolling their R's. This is going to be great. And he's, like, a fat young nerd. It's like, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Like, the uh, Yakuza look way cooler in SMT. I'll say that. Yeah, like, I wanted a guy that just... Yeah, like one of those guys that's just like dripping danger, nonchalance. <laughs> that is one of my favorite villain designs in SMT is like the like smoking, like like suit jacket open, showing his chest like Yakuza guy in uh, SMT4. It's pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, Kanashiro is not one of those guys. Yeah, and his club is basically, um, I mean, A, he's there to party, do drugs, and you know, sleaze around with a bunch of different women. Uh, he's also there to extort you. Uh, cause as soon as your gang rushes in, cause you saw uh, Makoto basically get kidnapped. Uh, you rush into her basically like yelling at him, telling him that she knows what's up and she's going to expose him, which is a real stupid thing to do when you're in a crime boss's lair surrounded by his men. Um, and he does it uh, the way he blackmails you is by taking a picture of you guys standing in front of a table that has alcohol and cigarettes on it. Yeah. And, at first, I didn't think this was like, it's like, okay, well, who, who the hell cares? Like, what's going on here? Uh, but they show you a screenshot, or they show you a version of that picture a little bit later on. And yeah, like, it's the kind of thing where if I was in high school and that picture were to circulate around, I would have gotten in huge amounts of trouble. Yeah. Because it yeah. looks very much like like there's some mysterious powder, there's a lot of alcohol, there's women around, and your entire party looks kind of like unruly and potentially drunk. So, yeah, he's got good blackmail on you. Yeah. So, so, you guys got to do something about it. Um, but uh, you basically, uh, you figure out, his palace has to be somewhere in this neighborhood that he's residing in. And you, Oh, we forgot, we, we forgot one important bit. Um, after he blackmails you with a photo, he basically gives you, uh, it, it's some crazy fee he wants you to pay. It's like hundreds of millions of yen, uh, and he gives you a deadline, uh, setting up the palace deadline. It's like 30 million, 300 million. There's a three in it. I remember that. Yeah, and, and th- this is basically how you get your deadline, is he says that if you don't give him the money by this date, he's going to publicize the picture. How nice of him to give you some time. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you start basically guessing what could be, what his palace could be, and you figure, well, there's probably a lot of money in it. What if it's a bank? And it is a bank. It's a giant flying bank. I love the way these kind of brainstorm sessions work where your crew is like, okay, we need a name, a place, and uh, a location. We need a, a name, a palace type, and a location, basically. A name, a deception, a location. And mm-hmm. I love that it basically is you guys standing around a phone, like throwing ideas at the wall until your phones all just like sparkle. It's like you say bank and they all light up like, bank! What I like, I though, know. is that like you, it gives you some dialogue choice. Sometimes, uh, I think a few times, you, there's no right answer to pick, and sometimes the right answer is there, and it gives you wrong ones that you can pick, which I find great. Huh. So it's really just use your best guess. It doesn't matter. It all plays out the same way, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just some good flavor. Yep. So yeah, you now have your, um, and I think you already have your place, because you realize it's Shinjuku, uh, since that's where he's operating. But, um, yeah, he sees his palace as the entirety of Shinjuku. And so the bank is, like, every all the normal people are ATMs, uh, <laughs> and the money is being sucked up into the bank. Yeah, there's, like, a, um... So, this is... The bank is floating. It's this mm-hmm. massive... It looks like a UFO from where you see it, because you enter the um, Shadow Realm uh, sort of area. You enter the palace at street level, where there's all these, like decrepit, like, beat-up ATMs sort of shambling around, lying in the gutters, and uh, their money's getting sucked up by this, like, classic UFO alien beam, like the thing they would suck up a cow in, in uh, mm. old depictions of aliens. And, yeah, there's just this big bank flying saucer just floating above the city, sucking up all those uh, all those bills. I gotta say that the uh, recurring uh, theme of flying saucers and UFOs in this game, is, I'm a big fan. Uh, being, <laughs> um, 
very much in lore with UFO and alien lore. Um, <clears throat> yeah, this is not the only flying saucer you're going to see in this game. Ooh. Indeed. Yes. Um, so uh, you have a first little mission in the this palace before you go full on into the dungeon. Uh, you're just basically going there to make yourselves known. When you first enter the dun- the palace, it doesn't actually perceive you as a threat there to take the treasure. Yeah, he just sees you as more customers, more suckers. Because, yeah, he does have a relationship with you. You are his latest mark. Yeah, so you uh, do your first like little investigation and then the infiltration. Um, but you have to do those on separate days. And so yeah, th- I believe, so on the first day, the, the in the first little mission, that's when... Makoto joins the fight, right? Yeah, you get uh, led in as uh, customers to the bank. Uh, Kaneshiro basically, you, you basically barge in and say, we want to meet with the manager, or the, the bank president. And so they take you back to a little room where Kaneshiro basically uh, mocks you and says, hey, you better pay up fast, pal. And uh, in the confrontation, I think he demands more money for you or something from you or something like that. And he talks about how the entire city is just his for the taking and people are so lazy and how he's on top, and he's strong and powerful because he has the power and the money to dominate everyone. And Makoto just loses her shit at him. <laughs> and so Makoto, her persona joins the party. Her persona's name is Joanna, after the uh, legendary female pope. I don't think that's real, right? It's, it's, I mean, it's one of those it's, tricky things that it's 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 apocryphal. But the problem is, if it was real, it would be considered apocryphal as well. So it's probably not real, but also the only institution that would have a reliable record of it would also not want there to be a reliable record. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, Joanna, and she is a motorcycle. Vroom, vroom. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Makoto, uh, her design, uh, when she uh, awakens her persona, uh, her thief outfit is basically like a, uh, it's a pretty simple, like, superhero-esque mask, but made of, like, iron. With big wide eye holes, uh, and her outfit is leather spikes. There are these floating little, not quite scarf things, but like like tassels on her shoulders. Yeah, um, her mask is really badass. By the way, like it yep. reminds me a lot of uh, of the manga and anime Berserk. Especially the way whenever she pulls off uh, – so whenever she pulls off an all-out attack and she's the one that triggers the final attack that kills everything, it cuts to like a, a black and red silhouette of her in profile with her eye at the very, very back edge of her mask. And the eye slit is so big that it makes her look kind of freakish and monstrous in a really just <laughs> awesome, powerful, terrifying way. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so mechanically, so Makoto is going to be your nuclear nu- – Nuclear. I'm from Texas. (laughs) Everyone made fun of George W. Bush because he said nuclear because people in Texas pronounce it nuclear. Okay. Shush you. Quiet. Anyway, yes, I know it's nuclear. (laughs) So Makoto is going to be your nuclear damage. Uh, she uh, she'll also be basically your second best healer after Morgana. Um, she will always, she will eventually get everything he has, but it takes her longer to get to it. So usually she's one, uh, class of, uh, of healing power away from what Morgana's at. So if he has Media Rahan, she'll only have Media Rama. Yeah. I, I found she pairs pretty well with Anne because Anne's also kind of in the same boat where she can heal, uh, but she is not as good at healing as um, Morgana is. Mm. So the two of them together can kind of pick up that slack if you don't want to have Morgana in the party. Yeah. Once once I had the option to have an all-female party, I had an all-female party, except for, of course, Joker. <laughs> um, um, uh, yeah, and her code name is Queen. Which I'm... Yeah. <laughs> which I'm iffy on. I think it's okay. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I feel like um, I feel like Queen would have. Mm, I feel like Queen would have fit another later character more. But yeah, whatever. probably. Would you guys uh, like to know a little trivia about Makoto, aka Queen, uh, according to fandom powered by Wikia? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, date of birth: April twenty third. Um, Zodiac: Taurus. Height: five foot five inches, and blood type: A. 
Well, so there's some very, very okay. useful so in Japan, pieces of information. <laughs> in Japan, there is um, emotions attached to blood type, much in the same way people would attach preconceived personalities to astrology. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's totally true. But in this case, we have both her zodiac sign and her blood type. So. Oh, yes. There Fair. we go. I'm sorry. I, I, my, my audio clipped when you said her, her astral sign. <laughs> Yes. Um, oh, and have we mentioned that she's uh, Say Najima's uh, sister? No, because I don't oh, believe yeah. that's actually revealed until after you finish this dungeon. So I think it. I think it is because you see um, uh, throughout the month of May and June, you see um, cutscenes of her and her sister at their her sister's apartment, and even before this whole thing happens, her sister is kind of haranguing her for um, her investigation into the Phantom Thieves and for being so carefree. And there's a thing back in May before you finish the um, Matarame dungeon where her sister kind of blows up at her and says, like, you don't understand. You're ruining your life. Your, our, our parents would be disgusted by what you're doing. And she basically just – she's a huge asshole to her little sister. <laughs> yeah, they seem to have a really miserable home life. Um, <laughs> All of which like, seems to be Sei Najima's fault from everything that I've seen so far. Exactly, exactly. And it's funny because, like, she's portrayed as being, like, the perfect student, you know, like, uh, you know, student uh, council president and all these things. And uh, Sage is just, like, constantly giving her a hard time. And I think it's meant to be, like, a classic um, – so with um, Makoto's character, she's very much being set up to – He's like, hey, everybody expects everything from you to be perfect, and anything short of perfect is unacceptable. And um, Say, Say is also kind of projecting herself onto her, saying, hey, here are the ways in which I screwed up. I am not willing to allow you to do the same things that I did. And she's right. very much like forcing her sister to be perfect in the way that – like not only could she not be perfect, but nobody could actually be that perfect. But uh, yeah, shitty home life. Mm-hmm. Uh, not unlike most of the characters. <laughs> that's a good point yeah yeah uh, why seems okay so um i'll go ahead and say it i uh makoto is uh the one true waifu uh mm-hmm. she uh once a, i'm i'm totally i'm totally in agreement the uh my decision was solidified once i found out she was uh sai's sister just because i i loved the delicious irony of it all <laughs> there is a, so everything we're, we forgot to mention. So every sort of time you start a first a social link for the first time, not every single time, but most of the time, uh, you will go back to the in, interrogation room uh, in the future, and Sai will be like explain something and be like, "Well, clearly you must have had a insert role party member fills here helping you yeah. along." And or a confidant it, link. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, and yeah. uh, when it gets to Makoto's, she's like, don't, wait a second, the president at Shujin Academy. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, you're telling me you didn't know this whole time? <laughs> yeah, and you kind of get a That's great option to sort of like rub it in her face <laughs> uh, whenever that happens. And then yeah. her answer is just basically... Oh, well, I guess she was starting to see... She was asking a lot about the Phantom Thieves lately. Especially after, you know, if you decide to uh, choose her as your waifu, as I did as well. Uh, Especially after you start dating her, you know. I mean, I guess, you know, Say is not, like, that involved in Makoto's personal life. But, you know. I'm I'm still keeping my options open. Uh, Makoto is definitely uh, number one in the runnings right now. But uh, I'm still exploring uh, creepy... uh, Creepy drug doctor. I'm open to the idea of the homeroom teacher just because that seems weird and fucked up. Oh, I, I dare you. Do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to see if it gets uh, – so, so the thing is like so far that's been the most rewarding social link in terms of abilities it unlocks. Um, you, you can do all kinds of stuff after dark. That sounds way worse than I mean it too. She, 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 actually, what, what I'm going to say is even worse. She'll come over after dark and give you a massage in your attic uh, that allows you to go back out and do more stuff after you go to the dungeons. And like, uh, I know we're doing the social link stuff later, but she is definitely worth like prioritizing as soon as you can get the homeroom teacher because she she gives you a lot more bang for your buck in terms of just stuff you can do per day. Mm-hmm. And so far, like, she seems like a genuinely sympathetic character, and I don't know. 
but she, does, she becomes even more sympathetic. It seems kind of silly not to. Yeah, she becomes more sympathetic as it goes on, even well, more. Well, also, also, like, there's a problem with romance options in all the uh, SM, all the Persona games. If you don't pick a main party member, you kind of get this weird situation where you're technically dating this person, but you never see them in the game after a certain point. Because when a, when most non-party members' social links are over, they kind of stop being super important. You don't you don't see them every day. Yeah, and that'd be kind of weird. So yeah, Makoto, solid character. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, into the bank we go. Yeah. So it's a bank. Um, there's gonna be there's a few like set piece rooms like oh there's some lasers over there. Find a way around the lasers. I remember there was this one room in specific where there was um, a treasure in the middle. Oh, actually, Mona gets, uh, Morgana gets just so into the treasure, he goes right for it. Sets off an alarm, gets everybody trapped in the room, and then you sort of have to dig your way out of it through a series of laser puzzles and ventures. Yeah, is that the one where you have to find a uh, secret entrance by uh, looking at the piggy bank statue? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they also and there's introduce- like I don't know if they're lasers. I think there's like CCTV cameras that you're trying to uh, hide from. There are, yeah, there are. There's short burst ones that uh, that only look at at it for a certain amount of time and then click off for a bit, and you can run past those. Then there are others that never turn off. But if I were in charge of a bank, why would I ever get ones that just turn off randomly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is so. None of these things sound all that different than what we described in the last episode because uh, functionally they aren't all that different. Uh, they're all things that either summon an additional enemy uh, and or increase your uh, security rating for the level. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of on that note, uh, this is the point where the dungeons stopped feeling like um, really important set pieces to me. Like they're, they're, They were beautiful and it's, it's interesting uh, in relation to the character's specific hang-ups. But basically once that first intro sequence is over – they're all just dungeons. Like, the, it, yeah. At a certain point, they stopped feeling new to me. Yeah, you know, and it, it picks up slightly near the end of the game, but uh, but it's definitely uh, yeah. Once you're past the first two, it's like, yep, dungeons. You gotta have dungeons. It's you gotta eat your vegetables, right? I feel yeah. like this is the most maze-like one you've come across yet, and there's a lot of kind of like uh, moving around and ventilation shafts and whatnot, and uh, you know being cut uh locked off from certain areas because of certain you know like you know puzzles and aspects that you have to figure out yeah um so there's two big gimmicks right yeah there's the there's one there is a once you get far enough into the dungeon once you get to this part it's about halfway through um there's a giant vault that you need to slowly unlock by solving the other big gimmick which is a series of letter number puzzles given given to you in math equations, more or less, very basic basic arithmetic math equations. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot oh, of yeah. it's a it's a lot of stuff like uh, here we go. Here's here's a screenshot that I saw. Um, L equals U plus G, D equals G. You know, shit like that. So yep, and you just sort of got to work it out. Yep. So yeah, not a whole lot to this dungeon. Um, I think I think at a certain point, I kind of prefer the Persona 4 dungeons. Not in terms of aesthetics. Like, I still love how these dungeons look. But there was something really nice about how mindless the Persona 4 dungeons were after a while, where uh, this dungeon isn't hard and challenging. Uh, this this one here, uh, Kaneshiro's dungeon. It's not hard and challenging, but it requires a certain amount of focus that is kind of disproportional to what it gives back from you. Uh, so just to give you an example, there's a couple rooms where uh, there's a whole hallway just full of security cameras. Some of them turn on and off. Some of them are fixed. Uh, there's very specific uh, cover points that you have to move between, and there's enemies patrolling all throughout. And so you have to be fairly precise with when you move between cover, when you ambush the enemy. But ultimately, like, the stakes are pretty low. If you get spotted by a camera, the enemies run over and you have a fight. Uh, when you fight the enemy, it's the same thing as every other battle. And it kind of made me wish that it was more like Persona 4 where I could just kind of, like, Relax, chill out, get some grinding, kill some monsters. Uh, the, the added complications here, I, I feel like I feel like they added them because they're consistent with the theme for the dungeon, uh, but they don't really bring much to the table in terms of interesting gameplay. I think, yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it's, you know, it depends on, like, what context you think of the games in. Like, in comparison to the Persona 3 or 4 dungeons, um, 
they are much more complicated and more demanding in like you know puzzle ways um if you compare it to like smt dungeons then they are shockingly um friendly and forgiving (laughs) um so yeah i think it depends on like you know how you you know contextualize it it is definitely a nice refresher from the um from the latter half of the strange journey dungeons i'll say that yeah yeah definitely um and i think i was think you know i think i was coming having come right off strange journey i was like oh my god these dungeons are you know they're they're kind of difficult they're puzzle ori- puzzle oriented but they're not really you know like i never had to go to a fact to figure out the dungeons they were like really well designed in the sense that like just with some common sense and a little bit of like thinking it through, you could figure out what the puzzles were in the dungeons. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, do you guys want to talk about uh shadow Kaneshido and the boss fight? Nah, podcast over. All right. See y'all next <laughs> um, week. It's a so next week. Sh- we'll be talking about <laughs> shadow Kaneshiro. It shows up. He's a, uh, he basically reveals himself to be a little fly man, uh, yeah. a little fly man who well, cast fear status on you. Yeah, and actually, I love how the reveal happens because he's with. So I don't know how this works. This is supposed to be a shadow world where everybody is his own, a figment of his own imagination. But there's just regular dudes in here that look like his just goons. And when he starts, Shadow kind of shooter starts to turn into a fly. Like he like wriggles and writhes, and his eyes turn into compound eyes. Fly wings sprout out of his back, and he's like contorting and making all these weird noises. His goons freak out and run away, and. I'm not sure how that works if this is all his own, like, imaginary world. Why are his imaginary lackeys surprised by any of this? Like, there are demons walking around everywhere, and now this is the thing that makes them run away. The the lackeys are, and I can't remember what they're called in-game, in but the lackeys in a lot of the dungeons are really inconsistent. Uh, sometimes they seem to have their own like their own personalities and their own agency. And then sometimes they just seem to be, you know, what they're, what they're described as, which is like, you know, figments of the imagination of your main enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing we didn't mention in the boss fight is uh piggy Tron. <laughs> yeah. You damage him enough and he pulls out his pig tank, a uh, piggy bank tank. It's pretty good. I don't know. I feel like I like Tesso the Rat Tank better from Persona 1. Yeah. <laughs> I think the series may have really peaked with Tesso the Rat Tank, guys. I mean, what, what about Yogg Sothoth Jr.? Okay. That's a pretty good one. I'm just saying, I, I'm not, I don't know, man. I don't think we can get better than Persona 1. I think it's all downhill from here. Um, I like, oh, I like Persona 1 a lot, you guys. Like, think it back on it. I like Persona <laughs> 1 a whole lot. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, just kidding though. The the it, this fight's uh, it's pretty straightforward. It's mostly just damage him fast. Um, I didn't like. I just I really didn't have much of a problem at all. Uh, eventually, no. like a third form happens, and he and the it, is it him on top of the piggy bank tank, or does he get out of the tank at that point and roll on the ball? Yeah, I'm trying to remember how that happens. Yeah. Either way, he rolls um, on a giant ball, and you have this option of trying to uh, knock him off or not. Uh, and the only time I chose not to knock him off is when I figured I could beat him before he could hit me again. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, so basically what happens is you have a phase where you fight uh, the, the like the Pigatron. So you fight him. He goes inside the Pigatron. Then once you do enough damage to the Pigatron, he jumps out, gets on top, crosses his arms, and starts doing like a Russian-style like marching dance on top where he's spinning the, the wheel further and further – or spinning the Pigatron further and further – uh, toward you. Oh, I think it it's, finally... it's, it's limbs retract is what happens, I think. Mm. So it yeah. It's like a round ball. Yeah, the, the, the piggy bank's limbs retract. He hops out. He starts spinning it toward you. If you do enough damage to either... If you do enough damage to him, he falls off the piggy bank. The piggy bank hits him, and then he goes back inside of it. I mean, uh, although, I don't think... yeah, this is what happens is they have two different health bars. So he has this health bar that you can only affect once you get him out of the piggy tron, and the piggy tron is uh you know has a health bar that you deplete every single time to even get him outside of the tank and i think his resets uh because i i went through several cycles before i realized i have to be nuking the piggytron uh 
in order to actually bring its health down. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he, he does take damage whenever he gets hit by that thing. But then as soon as he comes back out, he's been healed up again. Uh, but yeah, like once once you finally nuke that thing down, um, I think um, that's pretty much which it. At, at one point yeah. is referred to, at one point it's oh, sorry, referred to uh, his uh, uh, at one point it's referred to Kenshiro's super VIP form. Oh yeah, <laughs> that is true. Um, I don't remember much interesting happening in the Fallout. It's just sort of the predictable beats. Um, he confesses his crimes. Um, Gets arrested. It's a high-profile arrest. Admits to everything. You, you get one little one little tidbit during the fallout, uh, which is um, basically after you destroy Pigitron and it's basically him at your mercy. He doesn't beg and cower the same way all the other people did. Uh, he's actually kind of gloating at you, which is weird. Um, and he basically says like, "Oh, well, don't you know? There's the black masked person in here that's." doing all kinds of things the same way you guys are doing it. Uh, that they And he basically implies that it may be causing all those mental shutdowns and the psychotic breaks that have been happening uh, all throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get and that he, little tidbit from him. He talks a whole lot of shit about the people he's exploiting. Yeah. He basically says, like, he was always weak when he, whenever he first started out. And isn't that how it works? You spend your time being weak, and then you win, and then all of a sudden you have money, and now it's your turn to be the strong one, making all the other weak ones suffer. <laughs> and he basically reveals that the only reason he was getting more money was because he was very, very insecure about being weak again. Which, it's like, okay, yeah, you got you got hurt, like, but you're still a shitty person. And uh, overall, like, I was... I liked the dungeon, like, the... <clears throat> excuse me, the way it looks, uh, kind of echoing what I said about the uh, mechanics of the dungeon, I didn't think there was much substance to his character either because everybody else had a real direct, immediate connection to one of the characters. Like, there was somebody Mm. that they knew for a while that had a huge impact on their lives. This guy is just some scumbag you met last week. Yeah, no. It's it's cool that you're going after them, but... He's the kind of villain Batman takes down in the first three pages, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he has... And he has no, yeah, he has, like, no thematic, like, relation to any of the characters or to the larger plot. Um, I mean, I I think that every other enemy that you fight, you know, plays some kind of important role either in uh, the lives of one of the characters or, you know, in the kind of, like, larger plot that's going on. This just kind of seems like a dead end. He's just some, some shithead you're taking down. Yeah, I, 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 it, it kind of works in the sense that I think it's meant to be um, your first step toward going after anyone truly dangerous. Because, uh, like, Madarame is influential. Like, he could have hurt you. Uh, like, anyone that you've gone after so far uh, could have got you kicked out of school and sent back to prison. Uh, he's the first person where it's like, okay, like, his, his, his goons could theoretically kill everybody that's on the, the team. Like, he's the first person that could use that kind of violence against you. True. So, I, I can I kind of see what they were going for. He just didn't land for me as a as an interesting villain. Nah, not me either. He's definitely one of the. This is one of the more forgettable bits of the game because like, I think like, we're on the right track when we say this is more. This is when we're getting to the. Uh, this is you know best foot forwards already over. We've seen the opening. We're into the world now. Now it just has to do the story, and this is an essential, you know, growth step. You know what I mean? Like you can't get mm, to the. Yeah next part of it without a, a, a character like this just a sort of generic you know greater societal evil this is true this is true it could have been done better it's fine yeah <laughs> so yeah anything else we wanted to cover on July, uh, june of persona 5 i think that was all i had everything i got um uh, i don't have much else to add okay. um, review us on itunes tweet us at yes. twitter email us at mega10marathon at gmail.com um talk to us we want to talk to you we're uh you know give us thoughts on persona five um we'll we'd love to we'd love to think about what you have to say um and even like maybe write, read them on a future episode um yeah and we're on facebook on Twitter, on all the things. All the things. Yes. There's a Facebook in there, too. What are the kids using these days? Are, are they still doing smoke signals? Got uh, a smoke signal channel set up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, 
I, I don't know. I think we need to get a profile on. Uh, God, I was going to make a joke, and I can't even think. What's the name of that dating app that like uh, that's the new thing? It's like newer than Tinder. The new there's a new thing. Um, I have no it's, idea. It's Trump a thing where mega Tinder. No, it, it's a uh, yeah Pepe PepeLove dot com. Uh, <laughs> no, good God, think it, about this, guys. In like eighteen years, there are going to be children whose parents met on TrumpDate.com <laughs> and they're going to vote. Hopefully they'll, yep. yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they will uh, <laughs> resent their parents and, um, and with any luck, Trump will be dead. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if we could uh, say that without uh, having a secret service. <laughs> yeah, he's he's an old man. 18 I years mean, from we now. Can, we can reasonably say that every living person will one day be dead. So yes. I do think that <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> can't can't you you know what our team's reviews are going to say it's like can't these guys go one episode without talking about Donald fucking trump anyway yeah, seriously and we got to thank the uh we got some really nice reviews we got a couple new ones uh on itunes and we're very appreciative of that yeah, yeah that's we, awesome yeah we thank everybody for listening it's been uh it's been it's been really fun and we hope mm-hmm. you continue to enjoy our persona 5 coverage as we move forward uh, you know, next up, it's going to be a next up's going to be a real interesting episode. It's some uh, good story beats for the game. Yes. Ooh. So, um, you know, guys, uh, sometimes I have to think of the tag at the end of the show, and um, other times I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so this is one of those times where my improv skills are utterly failing me. Um, <laughs> But sometimes they come to you, uh, and uh, you know what? You never see it coming.